my friend Zig coming in here at the top of the interview. Today I talk with Casey Barger. He's a founder and operant of Aloof Records and uh, an amazing performer. C-Level had a chance to uh, play Bright Winter this year, and uh, we played after M. Moody and before Casey, and it was a, it was an insane bill that... Anyone from Cleveland who's listening knows how the madness of Bright Winter and like we couldn't have asked for a better spot to be in between two great acts like that. Um, not only is he an amazing performer, but he's like Cleveland's Bruce Lee. This guy came back from something doctors were saying he couldn't come back for. We'll get more into that in the interview, but man, what a cool dude and just all around inspiring person, positive. Uh, you guys are going to dig it. All right. Without further ado. Nearly perfect intro. <clears throat> I forgot. Cody has been reminding me I got to do this. Um, if you guys could like, subscribe, comment, rate on iTunes, it really helps out the podcast and will help our friends get their message heard. Now, without further ado. Okay, we should be... Yeah, we should be good. Zig at the end podcast, hanging out with Case Barge. How you doing, man? Um, well, bro. How about yourself? Not bad, not bad. Was it? How's a? Did I say your last name right, Barge? Yeah, Casey Barge. Yeah. Gotcha, Casey Barge. Was it cool, man? Was it? Well, how's a? How's quarantine been for you? Right. <laughs> um, I mean, it's been well. Not too, not too big of a change for. Me and the fam, we're kind of homebodies anyway. Yeah. So just been spending more time with each other. But embracing everything that we have, appreciating everything that we have in the same breath. There we go. That's better. I mean, that's that's all we can do, really. Let's try to keep at that and be like, yep, we're stuck, but this is all right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Was it a... So you have a little, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, yeah, his name's Cadence. He's uh two. He'll actually be three in May. Yeah. Cadence. Yep. That's a that's an awesome name. As a music teacher, I couldn't think of a cooler name than name a kid. If I got your kid in my class, I'd be like, "This is awesome." Oh, <laughs> uh, thanks, man. Yeah, he's he's definitely in the music, man. He uh, loves playing the p- keyboard. Loves dancing. He has a lot of rhythm. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. There's yeah. something about kids with keyboards, man. Keyboards and drums, they're just like in it. And they're all mm-hmm. about it. They're like, this right. is it. <laughs> it's weird. Certain kids are into like guitars and things with strings. But most kids, 90% of kids are like keys, drums, all about it. Guitars, right, right. anything with strings, maybe not the case. Right. Uh, so how is it being uh, a music teacher, man? It's been weird. Um, the class, Where I teach, uh, we're doing online lessons, and I'm mm. just uh, rolling in a card of instruments, and I could I do an adapted. I work with uh, kids with autism. I, okay. I, I roll in like, a card of like, all right, it's guitar day, everybody. We're going at it. And now mm-hmm. it's like, all right, here's an online lesson about the music of Brazil. But I've been trying <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Right, right. <laughs> I've been trying to trying to get more in it as we're learning how to do this and everyone 
with any of their careers now are adapting to this age, which is why we're talking, because you're doing virtual CLE this Friday. I forgot to put that at the beginning, but I'll tag it. I'll tag it in the intro of this. Um, but uh, so I've been trying to figure out OBS. You know anything about that program? I don't. It's like what uh, people who uh, make Look. video game videos of them playing it. Like, mm. It's how they do that. And like uh, that way I can like pull up a video, talk about it, go to a program of like um, like a sheet music pro- program. I know there's right. I'm trying to figure it. And then I can explain it and mm. like, be more in the lesson as opposed to. So that's where I'm at right now. I just like right, right. stayed up to like three last night trying to learn OBS and <laughs> 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 it didn't go too far. But uh, nah. but yeah, it's. As far as like gigging, actually, I was I was thinking about it. I'm I think we played Brightwinder together. You played yeah, we did actually. Okay, cool. Yep. I was talking to your manager and um, she was like, "Who do you play with?" And I'm like, "Sea Level." And like, she's like, "That sounds familiar." <laughs> yeah, it does. And then um, I saw you post a video, um, and I remember that night on stage, you said you were back from L.A. Yeah. Um. Well, I moved to L.A. For a few years, I'm originally from Cleveland, but moved to LA for a few years to pursue music as well as um, to continue to build um, Aloof recordings. And um, my manager was living out there at the time as well as my uh, life partner. And we made a few big moves out there and connected with a lot of people. So we got some family out there and actually planning to head back out there um pretty soon i'll probably say around next year but we'll still be back and forth from there in cleveland uh just love the vibes of la though i went out there had a show out there opened up for an artist or actually opened up for a twista i was gonna say you opened up your list of who you've opened up for is epic Twisted Scarface, DMC, Denzel Curry. Like, I got questions. I got questions about that. We'll get into that. But so you you moved out there. You opened up for Twisted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, I just love the vibes, man. And then, like, as far as the people and the crowd, like, they're very receptive to my message and just very open. You know what I'm saying? So it was different vibe to what I was experiencing earlier on in um, music, my music career. So I just thought it would be a good idea to go out there and to continue to push further in music career and continue to stay connected with the people that I knew here as well. And kind of worked out. We moved back because we actually had cadence. And I just thought it would be more feasible to live home Yeah. Um, while he grew up throughout the first couple of years. But now, just like my original plan and like we thought i feel like it'll just be a better idea to move back out there as far as pursuing what we want to pursue and i feel like uh, we can learn a lot more out there as well as staying connected here and continuing to build the things that we have planned to you know get going here in the summer we're actually planning for a few things to get going this month but due to the the lockdowns and all of yeah. that we plan to hold some of that off but yeah definitely love la say that's like my second home but cleveland is always home what was it i can uh, pr- 
prices out there for a living, man, are insane. Man, think yeah. About, think about yeah, it. Uh, raising a kid out there would be even crazier. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And were you? And that was the that was the beginning. Like, I would have to, yes, fear really. Like, wow, how the how the hell are we gonna do that? Just like you said, just raising a kid out here. And me just getting to know the city more and still being new to it, I feel like it would be, I could develop more and be the best father I could be here, you know. So that was really where the end decision came in. Gotcha. And what a parallel to be in between, you know what I mean? Like career things are bumping out there. Because I read somewhere that you did something with Rihanna while you were in, out in L.A. And like. Yeah, um, we um Oh, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, so to be in the crux of that decision of, like, I got to think of the best thing for this child, and I'm, I'm, I'm making way out this way, and that's hard to do. I know quite a few people that have gone out to L.A. and have, like, or California, per se, and, like, have been like, dude, you have to pay, like, 10 bucks to do an open mic. You know what I mean? Like, so right, like right. that's awesome that it was it was working. So you're like, I can't leave. So to be in that <laughs> position had to be a tough decision. So, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely was. But I feel like it was all, it was all meant that everything happens for a reason. I feel like that whole process and the journey definitely helped me grow as a person develop as a just the overall being i learned from my son on the day-to-day basis i've definitely learned patience through my son as well as several other things but it's definitely a beauty beautiful thing yeah you definitely get patience with <laughs> oh man was it now were you there i'm trying to think all the fires were you around those fires that were happening reached LA but no I, um, we weren't out there around that time but I did hear a lot about it and um, some of the people that we know out there were um, affected by it and um, like a lot of the people that they knew lived close to it and had to move or like get their homes reconstructed because of the damage done by homes that were close yeah. to it. So yeah, it was. It's pretty crazy. It's it's bonkers to be like, oh yeah, it's fire season. Fucking, <laughs> you might have to move, live in a hotel for a couple months after this is done. That's insane. Like, right. the LA just comes like as far as as cool as it is. Like, I, music. I have never like, I've never really talked to anyone who has had luck out there, or like, or has experienced a good, uh, or came back with a good experience of the LA music scene. So I'm pretty ecstatic. Like. <laughs> That uh, that because like like you're you're there and that so many people pass through there and there's so many ways you can get hooked up and do big things, but if oh, you yeah. can't get into that zone or that that level of play, like you're just on this outcast and like it's like if you're here and you're kind of on that outcast, there's a whole community that's supportive and doing things and trying to build everyone up, and it sounds like that level doesn't exist in L.A. Like it's big time or no time. Um, but uh, going back to the Rihanna thing, what was that all about? Um, that was actually, we curated the first ever um, Fenty Puma like shopping experience. And my uh, manager, Alexis, actually was um, in contact with one of the curators of 
the whole um brand itself yeah because she did some work like uh years back on uh new york's fashion week wow. so with that connection they um hit us up and they wanted us to do like the first shopping experience and we did that at um it was uh, like a brand of Foot Locker, and it was uh, on Melrose, one of the stores there. So it was a pretty dope experience, actually, as well as like a lot of the experiences out there. I know you said um, you haven't really heard a lot of like success stories of artists out there. And I wouldn't say like it's not the it's not like a. Well, I mean, it is. It's a it's a growing family yeah. like of creatives and artists out there. As far as what we experienced when we were out there, it's really just tapping into it. And that was like half of the time we were there. We were just really figuring out, like, okay, where are the artists that are like on our level? And like you said, not like big time and like gonna brush us off every time we try to connect with them. And we just like, luckily, you know, and just focusing on everything manifested what we were really like uh, out there and set out to do because everything we set out to do when we we're out there really literally happened and we we're literally like in the rooms with big names and the whole nine but we didn't really go out there with the the idea of okay we're about to link with the biggest names and you know what yeah. i'm saying trying to get signed or blah 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 do it that way and I don't have anything against that. Like, if the deal is a good deal and it's fitting for you, go ahead. You know what I'm saying? Why not have someone back you on something that you're passionate about and been working on for your whole life? You know what I'm saying? But we went out there with the idea of building what we already had established. And that was, like, the idea of aloof in the beginning is, like, starting this so we don't have to... Um, worry or depend on other bigger companies to back us while we're doing our thing you know it's really just getting our shit together and backing ourselves you know what i'm saying putting everything yeah. that we've learned through the process and putting it into our own brand instead of focusing on getting signed to somebody else so with that attitude i feel like a lot of things it kind of like went in the direction that we wanted it to and just staying focused on it, man. It was a day in, day out on the internet, trying to connect with different artists, different creatives out there doing little gigs. Like you said, some gigs we had to sell tickets to even be a part of wow. before we were out there, you know? Yeah. And then in return, those people connecting us with other people that they knew. And then the people that were promoters that heard about it and were at the show. So just really connecting the dots and being focused on what we really wanted. And that's, what I'd advise any artist for real, just going out there, being focused and knowing what you really want. Cause it's easy to get lost in the fast life and what everybody else is doing. And it's easy to get discouraged as well. Like setting <clears throat> goals or like, you know, wanting to meet the biggest a&R or whatever the case yeah. may be when you're going out there instead of starting like you said at the bottom doing the shows where you have to sell tickets and just getting your name out there because it's a it's a whole new crowd it's a whole different you know what I'm saying atmosphere so even getting those people to know about you you never know who's in the crowd so true true getting those people to know about you then telling their friends telling their friends 
it can all just move word to mouth and just moving with love and the right energy would be my suggestions for real well i think i think that what you how you went into it with a team and a goal and instead of seeking others help bringing your own thing and trying to get others into it is a mm. is a, a whole 180 from everyone else who's gone out there that I've known. So you're going into it already with a different uh with a different strategy and a different mm. uh, uh intent and like that makes sense like and just with any with anyone or trying to accomplish anything perseverance will equal success. If you're looking at it, if you keep persevering, eventually you're going to graph on top and hit you're going to hit success. So that's exactly. amazing. That's amazing. Was it now Aloof Records? Do you start that in Cleveland? Yeah, um, it was actually an idea that me and my brother Tino thought of, like back in high school, and um, that was when I like really first started getting serious about music. And I met him, and he's a producer, and he made music at the time as well. And he still dibbles and dabbles in making music, but he still produces and makes films. And he shot all of my videos. But um, older or younger brother? So say, Sorry. Say that again. Older or younger brother? Uh, older. Gotcha. Okay. But um, to say the least, uh, yeah, that's when we thought of the idea. Like I said, to just start something like for artists that were going about things a little bit different than the traditional structure and not focusing on getting a bigger company to back us, more so backing ourselves and focusing on learning everything that we could about it so we could go about it the way we wanted to. And with that, um, we grew and I put out a first couple, I put out my first couple of projects under a different name. And then um, I changed my name to Casey Barger. I met Alexis. And um, at first, Alexis was just managing me. And then we wanted to do more. We had a, a similar vision because she was doing a lot of things on her own when we met, like as far as events and different things like that. And her vision kind of aligned with mine as far as aloof. So going a little more into it, we decided to both go into co-ownership. And then from there, we picked up a few artists on the roster as far as managing and developing. And we've just been growing ever since. We also uh, host events. We also offer our services as well as... Um, like charitable events and a lot of different things. Like I said, we have upcoming that I kind of don't want to talk about until yeah. we have set in stone. But it's one funny. of the things I can talk about because we actually did when we were in uh, L.A. is um, Peace of Mind. And I was actually festival. just about to ask you about that <laughs> as far as festivals. Peace of, okay, so Peace yeah, of Mind, yeah. what was that? That was a festival that we did when we were in L.A. And that was uh, back in... I would say 17, 2017. And um, that was, we did that downtown LA. And that was one of the things that we were like focused on the whole time that we were there. Like we want to do a big event and we didn't want it to be like all the other festivals that you've been to. So that being said, we had like various genres of music 
from rock to um, like expression, like expressional dancers, like going back to hip hop. I was also one of the performers on there. We also had um, a few people come and talk about uh higher consciousness and ways to like raise your consciousness by uh way of psychedelics and had like uh, a few people come in and sell merchandise as far as crystals clothing yeah and there were like local vendors and we had uh, a few local up-and-coming shops sponsor the whole uh festival and we actually sold out and we gave That's all awesome. the proceeds to uh, stand up for kids. That's even and... cooler. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. This is getting cooler. <laughs> oh, no, no, I was just, that's where I was in it. I don't know. I want to, that's, that was the whole gist of it. And we've just been figuring out ways to add on so it can just be bigger and, it can give back to the community and the artist community more than we did the first time we did it. But yeah, it was a huge success. The first time we did it, we want to bring it to Cleveland as well as continue to do it in LA. That's awesome. Was it a, now did those uh, um, guys coming in there or girls that uh, were talking about transcending conscious consciousness, roll into your latest release transcend or was this uh or inspire in any way or was that a project you're working on the whole time and that's why you brought them aboard uh, both actually that all that this whole process had a lot to do with that uh project and everything uh, every like a uh, piece of music or just piece of art that was put out prior to had a lot to do with that uh, part of the journey as well. That was a huge part of uh, my transcendence. And just uh, going back to when I uh, first met Alexis, that was just a huge part in itself. Uh, we were both, like I said, we had uh, similar journeys, you know? Yeah. And I was... Uh, researching more and just uh just doing more inner work at the time and what did that look like uh, for you hmm? what did that look like was that meditation was that like yeah uh, meditation as well as um that's around the time when i started to experiment with the psychedelics and things like that so it was all it all like it all aligned and came together around the same time Gotcha. Like mushrooms and acid? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. Gotcha. Was it, so what did uh, Alexis, so when you met her, was she like doing music as well? It sounds like she was kind of doing a more fashion or in her own like type of. Yeah, it was of, uh, more, more of, yeah, like you say, um, the fashion world, but she was doing events as well. And she's also um, a Reiki healer. Okay. So okay, so was this makes sense. Practicing. This transcendence is coming together now. <laughs> right. Where, right, did she right. uh, so, do uh, Reiki out of her house, or did she work at a place here in Cleveland? Um, she was working at a a place okay. in Cleveland at the time. I don't believe they're open still. Yeah. But yeah, she was working there at the time, and that like I learned a lot more 
about that part of the journey from her and we learned a lot like just through each other yeah. so that's why i continue to go back to that because that was a huge part of just the the shift and where everything was going as far as me musically and like in my personal life and like uh if she's a reiki uh a Reiki master or a Reiki, a Reiki teacher. If you're a teacher, I think you got to reach master. I can't remember how it goes. But, like, you can just be sleeping and wake up and she'll be like, what's going on with uh, that heart chakra? <laughs> like, <laughs> like uh, did something happen with your, your mom? Like, I had Reiki done once a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was at this place called the Reiki Room, which I thought was an awesome name for a place to do Reiki. And uh, the lady was like, doing the thing and i'm like this is weird like you feel like warm all over wherever they're like not touching you touching you you know what i mean mm-hmm. like uh and she was like yeah, what's going on with your mom i'm like whoa how'd you know <laughs> like it was insane <laughs> so that's got to be kind of cool just to get reiki whenever you want or whenever you don't want even <laughs> right yeah no it definitely is Definitely helpful. Definitely appreciative of it. Because uh, you, um, from what I understand, in Cleveland, uh, when you started, you kind of had a, I don't know if it was even just with your music up uh, journey, musical journey, but you kind of had a rough start. Like, um, I was reading that you had to learn to walk again. Yeah. Um, yeah, actually, it was like right in the, that was the, transition into the life that I was just talking about and the part of the journey that I was just talking about that was prior to that. So I was in uh, some things that I don't really want to go into detail about, but I happened to get robbed. And like through that, I, um, I was injured severely. I had to spend like a few weeks in the hospital. I had, I was basically dead. I died and came back to life. I had a hernia in my brain. And from that, when I did uh, come, like come back conscious, I had to learn how to walk again. Like I was like bed rest for at least a week and a half until I really said, fuck that. And you know what I'm saying? Like, fuck what y'all are telling me because they're saying that it could be possible that I wouldn't walk again. And I was definitely not listening to that shit. And just being focused on (laughs) walking again and, you know, trying to start over and go about life a different way. I feel like that helped me get through that process and learn how to walk again. Also, like, my sensors were messed up through the process. They kind of still are. But when it first happened, I just kept saying what the doctors were telling me. Like, oh, yeah, your senses would be messed up, blah, blah, blah. And that's just what I kept believing. So yeah. and through that, that's what I just kept, oh, yeah, my senses are messed up. Oh, I can't smell, can't taste, blah, blah, blah. But when I stopped talking about it and actually focusing on regaining my senses and learning more about myself and... You know, just doing the inner healing, those things start to come about. Like I said, it's still not 100%, but I also feel like I gained some things from that that experience as well. So 
Yeah, it was. I had a pretty rough going at it, yeah. but it was just life telling me, like, okay, how many times are we gonna have to tell you this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just had to knock me over the head harder that last time Ooh. for me really to wake up and be like, okay, let's do things differently. <laughs> Fuck, man, that's that's incredible. The amount of self discipline that goes into even just like recovering from a broken leg or you know or mm. knee surgery some people are like i just i just won't run anymore and like you straight bruce lee that moment like i don't know if you're a fan of bruce lee but when he like broke oh, yeah, his back, they're like yeah you're never gonna be able to do martial arts again and then like he was like no and you're like you're like a living life bruce lee right now and like you were that, that's so the the amount of mental discipline too the put in your head that People are going to say this, but I know I'm going to do this. And I think that's a huge, huge thing. A lot of people don't don't like realize that a lot of things are mental and a lot of a lot of the biggest battles aren't the, physically the training or the uh, the the ability to physically do the skill or relearn the skill. But it's the mental strengths to say that you're going to be able to do it and then believing a hundred percent believing with like blind faith that you are going to do this and then you will do that like that's that's a that's a skill set that makes sense why why this latest albums transcend and then you can go out in la and just knock it out because going in with that type of discipline my friend that's impressive i appreciate that and i agree just things i had to learn and still learning you know but so when you yeah. when you recapped and started to regain your senses, when did you jump into a recording? Um, I would say that was a few months after, actually, because I didn't. <clears throat> I always was into music, and um, I double and dabbled a little bit when I was younger, but I wasn't really like a full-time artist or like in a studio or as a series about it as I am now. Um, at the time I may have recorded like one or two songs. <clears throat> I don't even think I had a project out at the time, or maybe I did. I maybe had like one project out at the time, but it was like, all right, I didn't really get the response that I wanted from it. So I didn't really continue to pursue it. So after that happened, I really just started to think of things that I wanted to do, <clears throat> like as far as life and what I wanted to pursue and wh what was like some of the goals that I wanted to set for my life. And music was one of them. And through that, I felt like I manifested everything that happened through that process, just meeting the people that I did, connecting with the people that I um, connected with as far as being able to record the studios that I were going to, the producers that I were like meeting with. And like you said, the people that I were blessed to open up for, like early on, I've been opening up for like uh, artists that have had success in their careers since I've been performing. And, and how'd that, that like I've had the beauty of like practicing and finding myself through those crowds. So I, I'm very grateful for that. It's gonna well one, as soon as you do any type of gig where you're the opener for like when you open for DMC, like 
they're going to be like, okay, this guy's cool, but we're here for you. You can opener <laughs> syndrome is what I call it. And you can only like, you can only win over to a certain degree, no matter right. what you do. You're, you're not DMC. You're the guy in front of DMC. We're going to appreciate that. He brought you here, but we want him. Um, so <laughs> speaking of that, how, like, was there like just from networking with these producers you got these opportunities and like what, what were some venues you were doing like the grog the agora like i can't imagine like someone like dmc being like in a small venue around here uh yeah it was actually dmc came to the grog shop actually oh yeah but, um i performed at every venue in cleveland only only venue well no yeah i did perform at the agora once so yeah i've performed at every venue in cleveland i'd say that i'm knowledgeable of and um i haven't performed in like a what is it the the hall of beachland that's okay. the only one i've performed in the tavern of beachland gotcha. but i've performed at every other venue and yeah it's been a different experience each time but every crowd was like a blessing to be in front of because I awesome. got a different energy from everyone. Like you said, the DMC crowd was more of like older hip hop heads and yeah. like you said, like all oh, this and not here for this young cat. What is this what is he about to talk about? You know what I'm saying? But like I got the respect and like the love from those people ever since that show. And those nice. people are still supportive of the music and a lot of the people like I've gained their respect as an artist from like these shows that would not think that a younger dude will go up there and you know what I'm saying really have the passion or show the passion that they would see in the older MCs. But yeah, on top of like from that to we've even opened up for a few um bands that just came from out of town that just asked me to be a part of their bill when their crowds like, were who, like who are some totally, of those bands um i didn't want to say their name i was trying to think of their uh -huh. name but uh <laughs> it's all good we i forgot say... their name <laughs> i forgot their name the most recent uh band that i opened up for where was it but at? was it the it was at um it was actually at happy dog before oh, they okay. closed down so that was a uh a dope experience as well and i uh, opened up for a few other bands that i've been like put on the the bill like at Mahal's and things like that so just meeting different musicians and me myself i'm not really a closed-minded musician i don't really like to even label myself as a hip-hop artist or like a rapper i really hate the word rapper i hate when people call me a rapper but yeah, uh, I don't know. I just I don't hate it, but it's just like I don't know. I like to explore more as far as music. I like to listen to different things. I don't really even listen to hip hop all like that. Was it? What have you been getting into? What's a couple couple records that have been on play? Um, lately I've been learning a lot more about jazz. Oh, yeah? Because I'm not nice. really, like, I'll hear some things and, like, I'm familiar with it from, like, when my grandfather used to play it a lot. And there's a lot of, like... Was he a musician? Songs I may know from, like, hearing it back in the day, but I'm not really, like, familiar with the artist, so I really wouldn't, like, know the name or know the album. So I'm, like, just going back and researching more about, like, classical music and jazz and learning more about... Like, when it was more hands-on, you know, because I'm getting more into producing. I um, 
was like producing when I first started and trying to produce some of my own records and all of that, but I was blessed to have a producer. So, you know what I'm saying? I was getting thrown 50 beats at a time. So I'm like, all right, I might as well just make as much music as I can. And I kind of put the producing to the back burner, but I want to get more into that. And I have been, and like I was saying earlier, I'm learning um, more about keyboard with my son. So that's, that's uh, cool. beauty in itself. And just learning more about music theory and everything, man. I want to be more hands-on. I feel like I can provide more of a vibe if I'm more hands-on with the music as well as the writing. Well, one that's the always grow and keep reaching out and trying to figure out the things. I think that goes back to your early kind of philosophies of starting aloof. Like you, mm-hmm. you guys did that to like be kind of a part of everything and learn how everything worked. And now you're just continuing that to a more finer detail. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that journey makes a lot of sense as just someone who's been talking to you for a bit. That's awesome. Uh, as far as like a jazz if i had a recommendation i think you would dig john coltrane just with your spirituality mm. and where he's at an album called love supreme i think would be a a good one for you okay i'll <laughs> Check definitely that one out. Out. that one's a that one's dope um for sure but yeah just to go back i didn't mean to like kind of talk over i heard you were about to ask no, well, i don't know were you about to ask like someone like what music am i listening to outside of like hip-hop no no that was that was actually you answered exactly um I, when you were saying i asked if you're uh if your grandpa was a musician oh okay no no he wasn't actually he just like i don't know i think that was just one of his uh like the times where he gathered himself and found his peace where one yeah. we like took those trips to the grocery store took those trips to get ice cream and I just remember like him throwing on some jazz or even if it was just playing one oh seven three, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And just remembering just the smooth sounds and just the feeling from that, you know what I'm saying? And wanting to go back to those and really touching bass and tapping into like what made me really get connected to music and want me um what made me want to start making music, you know? And those are just the things that I like to listen to. Even when I do listen to music, it's more so like soothing music. I don't really listen to like, I don't know, like rowdy music. <laughs> I do like at times when it's like soothing and it's fitting for the mood. Like, you know, if it's people over where somebody's, you know what I'm saying, a little kickback, then of course. But I like soothing music. I like things that makes me think that like... You know, massages my mental. That gives that space to kind of. Yeah, allow just those that songs. euphoric. Yeah, just ah, uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> you know. I was. Uh, <laughs> I've been talking to a. Oh well, I did an interview with Ray Flanagan, and he point, brought up this point, and I keep bringing it up because I think it matters. Um, that uh, if the music, because we were talking about playing bar gigs as acoustic guitar players, singers, we like get thrown into those type of gigs a lot. Mm-hmm. Um. And then at one point, you become this background noise and become that that space that just, like, there's a, a thing that's working and is not causing a disruption. It's just filling the atmosphere. But mm. that allows for that type of thinking if it's done right. And uh, so I, just, I don't know. That just keeps crossing my mind that I'm not, I'm not doing bad. <laughs> it's not that they, it sucks. It's just I need to tell myself that it's okay. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. Um, I, my bass player and I are big fans of Denzel. What was opening like him? Like we've been following his video. He's been doing these cover videos, talking about the opposite type of music that you uh you've said that you've listened to occasionally. Like me and my bass player are real into like Bad Brains and Rage and like mm. and and Coltrane. We kind of bounce everywhere, but. Denzel's been doing these like cover videos. I'm like, dude, he sounds just like HR. How does he do that? Like, <laughs> then when I saw you open for him, I'm like, what? I gotta get some deets. So, what was that like? Was that in Cleveland or was that in LA? No, yeah, that was in Cleveland. I was um at the House of Blues actually, and nice. the uh, the side room. Yeah. But that show was pretty crazy, actually, man. That was when he um he was like. I don't know. He wasn't like a new artist, but he was kind of newer. People were still getting hit to him, but it was still like a sold out show and the energy was still there. Like he was still the same Denzel Curry, you know what I'm saying? He still like killed the show, still (laughs) brought that crazy energy, still was raging in the crowd. So yeah, that was a dope experience, man. That's sick. Did you get to hang out with him? Was he a cool dude? No, I actually didn't after gotcha. that show. I, um, I forgot what happened. That was like a minute ago. I forgot what happened, but him and his uh, we got to talk to his uh, manager, and we talked to him after the show for a little while. And we were supposed to connect with them like on the like later date on the tour, but I don't know something happened. And he actually like that was the period when he like stopped making music for a little bit. Yeah, oh, okay. That was like a, I was like three or four years ago or something like that. I don't know. That was a, that was a minute ago though. That's cool, man. That's a, that's a, you're in it, dude. That's so cool. Um, so kind of going back to like, okay, so his crowd would definitely be a different crowd, but like when you're opening for DMC, I wanted to bring this up when you, we were talking about it and you are, you are playing for an older generation of fans. And now when you, do you notice like, I, I imagine older older fans don't give newer hip-hop or newer rap even though you don't identify as it but like as like if you're on that bill they're gonna assume that they don't like kind of give you the chance do you find mm-hmm. that trend to be uh accurate as far as like opening with like like a an, an older generation like superstar like dmc or do you uh like I guess in this case you 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 earned them over and like you won their their support but like mm-hmm. as like a I don't know what I'm trying to say like to me it just seems like um fans like of like that generation of rap or like that's it all this new stuff doesn't stand up right and, right like I'm I've been listening to I listen to like everything I'm kind of manic and I'm like some of these records <laughs> like if you listen to like a Tyler record like it's like all over the place or like a chance for, there's so much music within this how can you just say it's just some dude mumbling even though mm-hmm. they're not like mumble rappers but like uh, i don't know i find that to be kind of off-putting that like shut down and do you see that as someone who's kind of playing in that field they're playing shows in that field of music do you notice that people like will kind of put up walls and like go to like say support like a guy with like dmc but not like um i don't know i I'm, i kind of lost myself in my more of a comment <laughs> no i know i know what you mean no i don't i don't really get that energy 
like I said, like, I don't know, some crowds from that one, like I was explaining earlier, I kind of got that, like, when I was first going up. But, like, I feel like once you go up there and let them know what you're about, then, like, they'll open up and, like, start to respect you. It's kind of like it's on your performance as well. You know, like, yeah. you can't go out there and I'm not going to go out there and perform as if I was performing to a younger crowd. Like, I'm not going to be a total different person, but I'm going to be more laid back at a, a DMC show than I would be at, like, a Denzel show or, like, a Joyner Lucas show. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm going to be a, a little more hype because that's what that crowd is looking for. It's a younger crowd, you know, and that's what that that res both resonate with me. That's you know what I'm saying. That's why I was like, I that's what I said earlier. I don't really like to be put in a box because I can, I can do both, but my message is still gonna be the same. I'm still coming with love. I'm still coming with good energy. I'm still coming with a high vibe. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I had to learn as well in performing. Like you were saying, I overheard you and like you were about to get into. You were um, talking with somebody on a previous episode, I believe you said, about, like, just being the background noise and, like, just getting over it yeah. and understanding that that's okay, you know what I'm saying? But, like, still being focused on what I came to provide, you know what I'm saying, and not getting lost in what the crowd is doing because at the end of the day, they're still listening. They still can hear what's going on. They're just For like, sure. they're For still sure. around. They're still amongst their friends. They're still amongst like some new people they may just meet or somebody they may have, haven't seen in years. And you know what I'm saying? They happen to run into them, but like you can't get lost in those moments that you may see in the crowd, just stand focused on what you came to give them and, you know, keeping that, keeping the vibe up. And that goes with just that goes in the being a good performer as well. And something I had to learn and grow into because earlier on that definitely used to affect me. And I used to kind of like, I don't know, get offended. Like when people will be talking, when I'm like trying to say something, like I would stop the music or, you know what I'm saying? Do something yeah. that was kind of, it was, it made sense because I was being assertive and I was definitely. I was doing it with good intention, but at the same time, that could rub some people the wrong way. For sure. And the way that I was doing it, I just, I grow, I grew from that. I watched a few videos and it kind of turned me off. It was like, Oh, that's not, that's not me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not the, that's not the personality that I want to give off or portray or even the energy. You know what I'm saying? So I had to reevaluate and, the what I'm preaching now is something that I practice. It's just like being being focused on what I came to give the people, man. And that's a that's a good time, whether it's you came out to step away from some problems that you had, or you just came to have a good time because that's what you like to do, and that's what I wanna I wanna provide. I don't want to get lost in my ego. That's awesome. I definitely uh want to go back and analyze a performance. Whoo. That always sucks. <laughs> like when I like when we play out of town gigs, I bring recordings to listen back to because that gets me like jacked up, and I'm like, oh, why would I do that? Ah. Like that's the most like painstaking thing. And uh, mm -hmm. but to to analyze overall as a majority of, as an audience member, what what you are portraying is it like a next level thing, and I think is required by everybody. 
and like oh, yeah. um, the, the be able to like step back and be like that's me then this is what I'm trying to do now I think it's that's an awesome practice within itself definitely but uh, what was like a so I've been wanting to ask people this, but I always forget. What's the first place you played in Cleveland? Ah, hold on, hold on. Let me get rid of that. Um, first place you played in Cleveland. First place. Yeah, it's um, a side question. Stepping from it, I know, but <laughs> the first place actually, like I was saying earlier, I was I made music like when I was younger, but I didn't like have anybody to push me to like continue to make music nor was i like i don't know even focused or old enough to be like okay this is what i want to do for the yeah. rest of my life yeah but like i performed at the buckeye fest i don't know if you remember those and they used to do those or if they even still do those i don't think they do oh, no but well, like a buckeye fest they were like kind of like a block party and they were like block off like few of the streets over on Buckeye and it would be a big festival, but I performed there when I was like 12, 13 or something like that. That's awesome. So like once I was making music, I know what you're talking about. Like, yeah, um, I would probably say it was probably Peabody's Peabody's. Oh, yeah, I think so. Do you kind of miss Peabody's? I kind of do. I miss no. the idea that it was there, but I don't yeah. miss having to play there, if that makes sense. I feel, yeah, <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. Yeah, it was either, yeah, I believe it was Peabody's. It was either Peabody's or Drag Shop. Gotcha. But, Mine yeah, was a... Peabody's, man, good times. <laughs> Dude, Peabody's is weird because of the multi, I like that, like, you can walk into, like, different shows within one building. <laughs> but as right. a performer, I hated that you would have to be there from 5 until you're set at, like, 11. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that was the worst. And you had to pay for parking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you had to sell the tickets. The place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, they had a good racket for sure. Like, <laughs> like, but I do have a lot of good memories of being stuck there for hours, hanging out in the Pirates Cove or whatever the fuck, like mm-hmm. just waiting to play to like everyone who left. <laughs> yeah, it was a dope. It was a dope venue. It was. Uh, it was just, I, I don't know. If yeah, it was, I don't know if it was management or what it was, but yeah, I think it was just <laughs> the nostalgia. Of like starting. <laughs> I don't know if that's where I would want to be now, but I do appreciate the memories I have there. My Definitely. first show was at Pats in the Flats, and if you haven't played there, good on you, man. <laughs> like that place, that's like a, a couple steps below the <laughs> below the Peabody's. <laughs> like that. where is that? It was in the flats, and it was like this. If you look up. <laughs> If you Google search Pats in the Flats, I'll mm. send you a picture of the outside of it. You'd be like, why would you even go in there? <laughs> it was like this uh, old uh, just bar in the flats, like by mm. all the all the um, the factories. And like, it, it's, it was kind of big in the 80s. And Jack White, the White Stripes played their first gig there. But it was just, <laughs> it was just this hole in the wall bar. <laughs> But bathroom was always flooded, and like you can only buy stuff with like money. They didn't have like credit cards or anything, and like they only had RC cola and shitty beer. Uh, <laughs> the humble beginnings, man. Well, have you tuned into any of the virtual CLE shows at all yet? No, I haven't. I just when um, they notified me about it, that's when I got familiar. So I definitely will like moving forward. 
I've been trying to get better with my uh my internet social media yeah. game. <laughs> now Especially now that we're in the yeah. Now that we're in this this time. But I mean I'm not the worst with it, but I also work a lot because I'm a chef, so I'm still gotcha. working. So Where I'm you still at? cooking. Um I cook at a few different restaurants, one of them in Hudson and one in uh, Cuyahoga Falls. Gotcha. Have you heard of a Summer House? Summer, no. Where's that? It's a new restaurant in Lakewood. I believe um, it's a lot of the chefs from the Greenhouse Tavern. Mm. When that got shut down, they moved over there. Okay. A buddy of, got, a buddy of mine that I used to be in a band with, and uh, he was a fellow teacher as well, he uh he was cooking there and they had their first week when all this started and uh now they're doing this thing called the Cleveland Family Meal mm. and like they're getting all these donations from restaurants that can't cook all this food they had prepared and they're making meals and they're just giving them to service workers or industry workers that are out of jobs or musicians even and like see uh the virtual show seem virtual show thing teamed up with them so like uh um, his name is Ryan Matthew, and mm. um, there I think what they're doing is badass. And like, well, I don't know if you guys, uh, maybe uh, some of your crew would want to get involved with that. But that's awesome. Oh yeah, that you. So I'm definitely gonna look into that because that was something that um, we're actually trying to see, like, what's something that we can do to be more hands on. And that was one of the things that I actually thought of. Cause that's something that that's actually how we got peace of mind started. Cause I, uh, we started doing that out in LA It's like passing food out to the homeless, but I didn't, I wanted to get with like a bigger corporation cause I didn't want us to be like, you know, that can be iffy right now, yeah. especially in these times, us being hands on with like the food and all of that. But with a bigger corporation, I would definitely be down to like help out and learn more about how we can even, you know, get our feet going on something and even spread it and continue to, you know, help out those in need. Was it? Yeah, I did a, I did an interview with him uh, last week. And okay. um, so if you want to, if you want to track back and figure out how to get in contact with him, a couple episodes back is Ryan Matthew. And like he was saying, um, his boss, as soon as like this all went down, he's like called him up. What are we going to do? And his boss is like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this. We're going to pat, you know what I mean? Like, and they've just been working ground up, but they've been kicking a lot of ass and feeding a lot of people. And like, I think wow. just where we're at right now, the fact that even like, you're like, how can I get involved with that? I think it's a beautiful thing of all this madness is everyone wants to find some way to connect, like how we're doing now, you know, mm-hmm. over the phone. Like, I don't even, if, if this madness wasn't happening, I don't know if it, like we would have gotten a chance to hang out and talk for like a uh, almost a, over an hour, you know. Right. Is, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm loving doing all these interviews. I'm making all these <laughs> friends, you know, what I mean, and learning about all these stories, and it's super cool. And like, and the, and the fact that everyone's trying to like help out and give back in whatever way they can. I think, uh, I think through all this, hopefully, everyone comes to a different place and appreciates each other more and like what they do more and like hopefully this kind of this trend continues of trying to help even when we can uh, all hang out in real <laughs> real time definitely but, um but i agree man i'm on um 
I'm actually one of the things I can talk about is uh, before all of this madness, I was looking to start up a podcast and I didn't want to do it over like the internet. I wanted to be more a personal thing. Yeah. So I definitely am going to um, if you need start help. doing those here in the future, like soon in the future. No, so not, I definitely want not, you to be a guest and be on there. I would love it. I, uh, yes, sir. I started Dino Negative Space. It's an art gallery. Yeah. Okay. So I work. I've been on the board there for a couple of years, and uh, I put together showcases and book shows for them. Mm. And like, uh, I was trying to find a way to promote their shows more, because like people would come in, be blown away by Gotti's work, and like, then they at the day of the show, they're like, "Oh man, if I would have known how cool this place was, I would have pushed this a little harder." I'm like, "Cool, uh, sick, bro. All right, let's have a good show." <laughs> like, right. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so I started this podcast doing like, it was called dig at the gig and I would interview people at gigs we were playing. So I play in a band mm-hmm. called sea level for any listeners who may have, uh, just tuned in <laughs> this late into it. Um, and, uh, we, while we were waiting the plagues, we would be like support of support of support or the support after the main act. I would interview people while we were there and like it got set to the wayside and then I directed it towards a negative space. And now I've been directing it towards people that are doing amazing things in this crazy time. So the idea was like to be in person and do it. And mm-hmm. like, because of how things are, I've been learning how to do it over the phone. And like, oh, yeah, that's, that's beautiful in itself. Like you said, you're still connecting with others. Yeah, this either is way, <laughs> it's it's beautiful, it's amazing. I wasn't like planning to do it that way, but hey, nothing always goes as you plan, it goes how it should. So maybe sure. it was meant to, you know, do it over the internet to begin, then do it more in a personal way. Yeah, so, no, I agree. That's like, beautiful. That's cool that you, um, you're uh you're looking to start one. If you need help in any way, I've been I've I've crafted a system that's taken me a few years to figure out. So if you need advice, I'd gladly give it to you. It's not great advice, but it's get by advice. <laughs> oh no, I'm definitely always open to learning, man. And uh, so I'll definitely be in touch. Sounds good. And if you need help with theory stuff too, I'm a that's kind of my oh, racket. Yeah. That's kind of my definitely. racket. <laughs> definitely, definitely. But I uh, I it's it's really cool that uh so sea level we've started doing shows from the beginning as like benefit shows. We would, we were working with a, not really a nonprofit of more of a movement called food, not bombs. If you're familiar with them, yeah, I've heard of them. we would do all these shows and donate all this money so they can get the like cooking gear and kitchen supplies. And like, um, so our whole like foundation was like, we're going to do this. We're going to help this cause out. Okay, next thing, next thing, next thing, next thing. And to meet someone else who's uh, doing it in bigger and cooler ways. It's been This has been awesome. This has been a great conversation. You feel good? Feel good about everything we've covered so far? Oh, yeah. I feel amazing. And, no, that's, man, that's likewise. If you have any questions or anything, and if I can help you in any way, or if we can help you in any way, we'll gladly help, you know, just have a team full of creatives that does different things. So if I can't help you, I'll, I'll ask one of them, and I'm pretty sure that they can help you in any way. Sick, so sick. Yeah, if you guys have any questions, and then, yeah, if you also have any ideas on shows that you need some help with, like collaboration-wise, definitely let us know always. Sure. We're always open to doing things for the artist community. 
Yeah, man, that Bright show we did. <laughs> oh, yeah. Even though we didn't do it together like planned, like, that was a sick back-to-back. Amazing, man. That yeah. was so cool. Oh, man. And, like, I, we got thrown on that last minute. And, like, I'm like, oh, man, who's before? Who's after? Like, it was M. Moody before us and then you guys after or you after. Um, Man, it was just a badass bill. Everything about that, like, was so amazing. But definitely one thing i wanted to lead to is when you do this virtual show i did the second one and it's amazing you're gonna have it's crazy how like you're gonna be performing to your phone but you won't see like a person and it's gonna Mm -hmm. feel like you're it's gonna feel like a real deal like a real (laughs) it's weird it's weird i left all hyped up I'm like, I did four songs and played for, like, 40 people. And, like, <laughs> you don't hear clapping. You get little clapping emojis, and then the next person starts. It's a real cool, real cool experience. And you got Kyle right. Kidd. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Oh, but, yeah. Like, holy fuck, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> he shreds. I don't even know how that's going to go. Like, I don't know how they're going to capture it. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Dominates. So it's going to be a badass bill. Anyway, man. Well, Casey, thanks for hanging out, and the thanks for your time. I thank appreciate you. it, man. I'm a. Oh yeah, thank you for having me. Tag this up, and I'll put this out later today because I want to. Uh, normally, I would put it out like a, in a week or whatever, but I want you to have something to push this show, so this will be up tonight. Okay, for sure. I appreciate you, man. Once again, thank you for having me. You got it, man. Thanks for being here. All right, I'll see you on Friday, eight o'clock. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Peace.